Jay Nelson here. Uh, David Paul Berge, do you know what the J in Michael J stands for? And once you answer that, then we'll tell them what the show is and what we're here to do. But I want you to answer that first. I think it's, uh, I remember correctly, I was thinking about this. It's actually one of my other favorite people I know from television, Malcolm Jamal Warner. So I believe it's Michael Jamal. That is astonishing that you knew that. That is correct. No, no, it is not. Let me just say, uh, my parents, uh, first of all, my father had no middle name. He often said that his father didn't care enough about him (laughs) to give him a middle name. (laughs) Uh, But uh, my brother's. Are, are named as John. Tom and Jeff and Mike. And my middle name is John. So they were not really... They were pull. You know, they were going... Uh, to, those are tried, tested, and I, true. I guess. We, you know, we, I wish my middle name had been like Skyler or something like that. You know, I don't know. But uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> I knew. I be. actually knew a person named Skyler. Yeah, well, no, it's a common. Skyler's it's, a name. Well, it's as fairly a common. man Skyler, there's also Skyler, the wife on Breaking Bad. Oh, I did not know I'm, that. You know, there's a lot. She takes a lot of heat, apparently, from the uh, Breaking Bad community. The, the community? Sure. The community does not care for Skylar. And oh, I never okay. picked up on that. I mean, she kind of, she breaks bad on the show. She takes a little bit of a heel turn. But I need to go back and watch it from, like, the, like, I, to just see what people are picking up on. Because I just don't, I didn't, that didn't sure. jump out to me when I was watching the show. Sure. And this podcast called Like oh, She's Walking, like and I'm walking. Michael J. Nelson, and you're Pastor David Berge. Is a Breaking Bad podcast? Well, we talk about the big questions, like the moral quandaries raised by that. Like, should you, um, if you need to pay for your cancer treatment, should you start cooking meth uh, out out in the desert and selling it, right? Yeah, we should take that on. Should you continue to watch a show after the main guy dissolves a human body in his bathtub? Which is when I stopped watching and everyone goes, oh, no, oh, that's just the start. You really need to go. And I'm like, what? Oh, I'm supposed to keep watching it after that? My wife could not keep... Like, because he, he slits... Spoiler alert. This is very... He, like, slit someone's throat in yeah. his basement very early on. She was like, I'm out. Yeah, I was, I was out well, early dude, on. dude, when the bathtub crashes down, that is... I mean, if you're going to get out, I think that's a good point to get okay. out. Okay, so I, I got out at the right point. You right? did. There, it, nothing it, happened after that, I assume. No. Okay. All right. Uh, so those are the shows we won't watch because they're more, morally reprehensible. <laughs> we, we only watch. Yeah. No, we're going to talk about uh, a big issue, uh, both the pastor and I, as yeah. you might have you might have gleaned this, but if not, let's make it explicit. We, uh, we like to talk about the big issues from a Christian perspective, but we welcome all, whatever your perspective is, to think about the same issues that we have to wrestle with, and uh, we do that, we talk about it for a little bit, and then uh, the, the pastor will like, I don't know, maybe he'll eat some breakfast biscuits on... Online or that's something. That's the like, kind of... This is the, other, this podcasts, other podcasts are scared to go there. That's true. We're not. Yeah. We will go to Breakfast Biscuits, Tin Fish, Quizzes, uh, whatever. Tales. There are sometimes tales told. Maybe we'll dissolve a We need another... Spoo- Who knows? <laughs> you never know where this podcast is. Mike has goes. told ghost stories, scary stories, guns pulled on him stories. This is not oh, for the faint of heart. That's but, right. I have a lot of harrowing oh, stories. So many tales you have yeah, told. Yeah. Uh, Brooks and Dunn basically threatening your <laughs> life. That's true. Or one of them. We don't. I can't remember Brooks, if it was Brooks or Brooks Dunn. and or Dunn. Yeah. It, no, only one of them, I think, threatened. Uh, anyway, the pastor has brought a big topic to the table, and I will turn it over to him, and he will explain, and then we will thrash this out, and you will listen, and you will be fascinated. So, Pastor, this go. is a this is a, this is a real interesting one, and uh, 
we we talk about yeah we talk about the big issues uh and uh we're not uh we're not like au courant like we're not always giving you a hot take usually the takes are lukewarm um you know at best tepid at worst oh we we allow it's like revenge for us a dish best served cold we are yes. not on top of things i mean sometimes we'll oh talk I, we about... do we broke an emergency pod you know we have oh, which that's true. you yeah. might notice that our my review of kanye west's jesus king album has been removed from the feed because there was a copyright claim and it just automatically got taken down they scrubbed it they scrubbed it one of the little bots caught us. Yep, a bot caught us. But and but 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 we were that was a legitimate use. We said it while we were doing it. There is a this p- is a legitimate use. Okay, so there's like a process you can go through oh, to claim fair okay. use, and it was sure. like, and I emailed them, and I was like, no, this was like a fair use. Oh, really? Of it, and then they email you back, and it's some very, <laughs> it's like a very lengthy. Let's just say it was going to take me more than two minutes to do, and I said, I weighed my life priorities, and I said, that's how they get you. I was just like, I don't care enough to do this. So they got it. So Kanye, the people will never know, and they might not ever listen, because your bot got us. So whatever. All right. So very rarely will we be like completely uh, topical, but this is something that's in the culture. It's been in the culture for a long time, and and, and my regaling of this tale, we'll get into it, and it touches on so many bigger issues. I think it fundamentally touches on uh, theological anthropology, Mike, the human person. Right, a theological understanding of, uh, of the human person, which, yes. boy, do we get at it right at the beginning of the book of Genesis. I mean, you know, not only are human beings the, the sort of crowning achievement of creation, but there is this very pregnant statement about us being created in God's image, image mm-hmm. and likeness. And for centuries, millennia, uh, Christian theologians, thinkers have wrestled with what exactly does that mean? And so that brings, I think, is kind of a proto uh, uh, engagement with what we would now call like psychology and psychometric study of the human person, human, human personality. What is that? Right. That that we are we are image bearers. We are image bearers of God, and so trying to figure out what is it. Right. Uh, that you know what is it about a human being that makes a human being special? Right. Because we are animals. And, you know, way back in the ancient world, they would talk about us as rational animals. You know, we're like animals in that we have these kind of base instincts, right? But then we also are above them because we have what you know, I think Plato said, I might be butchering this, uh, but a rational soul, right? That there's a capacity for uh, learning, for self-reflection, self-understanding, uh, self-awareness, that there's kind of willing, and there's memory, and there's imagination, and there's personality. There's all this kind of different components. I mean, you know, what's going on in this brain of ours, Mike? I don't know, and we can't, but we can no longer use tool use. Because, you know, the chimpanzees will they stick those, yeah. They do yeah. use the tools. Yeah, so. there's a lot of tool use out there. So that's blown for uh, us. So, okay, so how do <laughs> But we I s- always do say, if you're looking at those chimps, show me their cities. Yeah. They got nothing. Right. So, like, as impressive as they are, like, let's not get overblown. Yeah, have you, has anyone ever listened to their podcast? No. Terrible. Oh, my God. They do the worst <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. anyways, so yes. all that all that preface to say uh, that that... Kind of the, you know, that wherever modern psychology, you know, came from, the, the study of the human person has deep roots, I think, in the Western tradition, but you can see how it emerges, too, from the, from the Judeo, uh, you know, Christianity uh, specifically. And, I mean, you even look at, some people talk about St. Paul as kind of like the, the 
introspective conscience of the West, like someone who very famously in Romans chapter seven, he's talking about the thing that I don't want to do, I do. And so this sort of wrestling of an individual conscience before God, some people say there you see is like kind of the first example of this type of kind of self-reflective, um, self self, like not psychoanalysis, cause that's Freudian, but like kind of self psychological evaluation, sure. not wrestling happening there. And, and continued on then with, uh, oh, at least in the Western world, at least with Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of talk about kind of the invention of the human, the modern human kind of through yes. that line. St. Augustine writing Confessions, it's a very different kind of literature because mm-hmm. he's doing that same thing, to wrestling with his own motivations and beliefs and uh, kind of self-consciously reflecting on his life. That's also part and parcel of the modern invention of, of, of the self and the modern person. So, yes, it has a long and harried, harrowed and harried mm-hmm. <laughs> tradition. And then, so then it brings us to kind of personality analysis, yeah. right? That's something that becomes a very big deal in the 19th century. Into the 20th century, of course, most famously associated with the figure Sigmund Freud, who yeah. invents these concepts. He's Swiss, right? Or is he Austrian? What is Austrian? He? I think he's Austrian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Austrian. Uh, and, and Freud, you know, comes with these extremely uh, famous concepts of the ego and the superego and the id and uh, repression, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, like, so Freud is just a giant in the field of, of kind of thinking that there is, thinking about human personality and the invisible forces that shape it. Freud's uh, less familiar, I'm not super familiar with him, even less familiar with Jung, Carl Jung, who was a Lutheran pastor, another giant in this field. Of psychology, I always tended to go with the, this is not the time or space to do it, but I, I was always a little more Jungian than I was Freudian mm-hmm. in terms of my of my thinking that he had hit it a little more and Jung on the nose. Yeah, Jung, you know, collective unconscious sort of these. Uh, that's really what I can tell you about Jung. But Jung was a disciple, but also really kind of rejected. I think a lot of what he had received uh, from Freud, and I think Freudian analysis is largely at this point like. It's largely discredited in the, at least the psychotherapy community. Like, but the but the images remain. It remains very powerful. The person sitting on the couch next to the therapist, tell, talking about their childhood. Right, a cliche beyond. It's been done and done and done. And I mean, done. Uh, for, let. A thousand New Yorker cartoons bloom. Oh my right? goodness! Yes, <laughs> there wouldn't be the New Yorker if there wasn't, wasn't. the image of the guy on a couch. Right? Yes. So, anyways, of course. All that to say. And, of course, Christians have taken an interest in this because if all truth is God's truth, things that we can learn about human beings and their personality and their uh, temperaments, their traits, their characteristics, like these are all – these are interesting things that we want to know, mm-hmm. especially as modern people. We're trying to understand ourselves. And so a tool that has become extremely popular in the last, let's say, 20 or so years – um, I think its roots go back to 60s and 70s, though they would claim the roots go back to, you know, I mean, the mists of time, is the Enneagram, Mike, the Enneagram of personality. The Enneagram, yes. Enneagram of personality. Now, Mike asked me before off air, what's an Enneagram? Mike, what is just an Enneagram without personality attached? Uh, it is a shape. Yes. A nine. Nine, I guessed at the nine thing. Very good. Because it sounded like it could be a nine thing. <laughs> A ninogram. So it's it's nine, and so the enneagram says there's nine personality types. Uh, they come with wings, and if you're healthy, you kind of are moving towards one wing. If you're unhealthy, you're moving towards another wing. And so it you take a personality test, and the enneagram classifies you in one of nine personality types. And I first I think encountered this in 
the middle of the – is the aughts the 2000s, like before the 10s? Correct. Yes. So in the middle of the aughts, on a Christian blog, this was in the heyday of the emerging church, uh, there's a local minister, a guy named the name of Doug Paget, uh, and he, on his blog, he had his – and these were the blog days. Oh, what, yeah. The heydays of blogs. Oh, uh, remember when we were all blogging? Oh, Blogspot. MichaelJNelson.blogspot.com uh, was yes. blowing up the spot, you know? Yeah. Uh, we were all blogging. and We then, were blagging at the same time and vlogging occasionally, too. The occasional vlog went yeah, up. sure. But Doug posted his, uh, Doug posted, he had his, like, Enneagram badge on there. And I was like, what is this, what is this Enneagram thing? And his was the Challenger uh, Type 9. And so, um, and I never, they, I think there's, like, a free version. And so then uh, I was working an internship. And so my, in, when I was in seminary and one of my, uh, my supervisors, we did the Enneagram together this should tell you something. I got our results mixed up, and so for years I told people I was his type. Oh, no. Are you part of a sitcom? That, what, <laughs> how, could you your, how could you mess that up? I, you know, mate, that might tell you a little bit of something about the, uh, the instrument itself, but I, 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 okay. I'll demure for now. All right. Uh, so you have nine personality types, and, and then also I just found, then found, like, when I went through, I went through assessment for becoming a church planner. One of the assessments we tools we used was the Enneagram, and so in this particular cohort of people I was working with, fellow church planners, uh, the Enneagram was big with some of them. Like they would talk about what Enneagram type are you, and like say, "Oh, I'm a he, he's a he's a five, he's a four, she's a three, she's oh, you a could one." Do it, that, you could do it by number. Yeah, it's by number. But I, if you know it, I don't know enough, so I have to say, "What does that number mean?" Oh, okay. Um, but in just here, so I am, um, I don't know, I've said this on the podcast, I'm a bit skeptical yes. by nature. I, when things seem to start sounding like, uh, when people start saying stuff like that, like you're this and there's nine personality types, I start thinking, that sounds like BS. <laughs> sounds a little reductive to me. It does. Like, um, how are there nine? I just go like, so I just go, where does this, yeah, I've been using this, but where does it come from? It, it was Meyer, It was like the Myers-Briggs. Sure. Right? The most famous, yes. Which is a famous example of something that is for entertainment purposes only. Right, in terms of, it's not a serious psychometric well, it, evaluation. It shouldn't be, but they used to use it as such, they right? They did. They really did, which is kind of shocking that they did that, right? It is. And it, I, I remember, I, I've taken it probably oh, three, four times, right? And I always, those things bug me. But the thing that really bugs me about those is when they try to trick you into, uh, you know, like asking, phrasing something in a slightly different way. But the, My- the Myers-Briggs would have things like, I feel like I have a st- tight steel band around my head at all times. Like, no. <laughs> Who answers yes? But then 39 million questions later, they try to trick you into it like... Uh, I'm wearing a hat that's way too small at all times. Like, hey, that sounds like that tight steel that's band. That's the, uh, the, I think the most famous example is the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality in, uh, Inventory. That is like a... Is that one of their hallmarks? Oh, it's like Maybe 600 questions. I and I think they're just trying to, they're trying to tease the crazy out, you know, and basically, or the deceptive person does, out. Does the crazy person, like, if there is such a person, just forget that he's crazy and then like, well... I better, I'm going to answer this thing like, I like to murder people. Whoops. I answered yes. I, I, I should have lied on that I one. I think the true, like the, someone who's truly 
detached from reality will answer those questions honestly the sneaky like sociopath of course knows that they i think so the sociopath thinks ah they're trying to get me to admit this so they present like an overly positive like it like a completely idealized version of themselves which is also tricky so you got to be just messed up enough mike i don't i don't know okay whatever i i, I don't know if it works how many like sociopaths have they caught i don't know mike i don't that's know. a good question isn't it uh, but i my they're I am in a marriage, as you know. And you are married. There's one of us in our marriage who likes these inventories and will often try to get the other party to take an inventory. And the other party refuses all of them, much to the consternation of one of the parties in this marriage. Very much appreciate the respect and restraint yes. right now. None. I, we want to protect people's identities yes, I'm protecting and anonymity. Identity. Anyway, that's so go on because okay. I, I feel like we're going to be able to touch on this. We okay. will touch on okay. it. So I, I'm winding up, but this, this, this just, it, it just astounds me. So yeah, that, that, and I do, but I do think that's a great question. Like these MMPIs, like, cause I went, when I was going through the ordination process, I believe I did Myers-Briggs and I believe I did, you know, cause they're, what do they want to do? They want to vet people. Make sure you're not putting people with severe mental illness, like untreated mental illness, into ministry. That would be bad. Um, uh, uh, that's not to say that people with severe mental illness are bad people. It's just that you need to be very much – got to be catching that. Okay? Yeah. It's probably something you should know. You yes. should know that. you got to be catching that. Also, people – I don't know if it would catch people with like – I mean, you know, you want to screen out people who are like pedophiles and stuff like that, too, or people who are going to abuse or take advantage of the people. I don't know how well these things work. I think that's a really interesting question. But that's – let's kind of right, put right. that to the side, okay? okay? But that's a, that is a really good question. Yes. But all to say, Myers-Briggs, like, it, what, it comes up with a four-letter combination. You know, I'm an ENTJ. Um, and then that kind of says, you're this type of person. And so, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think there's 16 per- different combinations you can get from those uh, four letter combinations. But the, 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 the Enneagram, and it's for entertainment purposes only. Some people find it useful, whatever. But the Enneagram, I think where, where, I, what really like made me question it was that, yeah, there's, it's saying there's nine personality types and it was connecting this to some kind of ancient wisdom, mm. possibly like with some like quasi like you know the the desert fathers were like talking about this mm. and then there's this like really I, I, that just got my ha- hackles up it went from like oh this is kind of a fun almost like a parlor game for entertainment purposes only a slightly more sophisticated version of which sex in the city character are you right sure. <laughs> uh which i don't think is harmful to take those quizzes right but i wouldn't want to screen so i wouldn't want to go like oh you're you samantha you you know and i wouldn't like base someone's self-understanding on that or use that for serious um like counseling purposes and sure I, and that, I, that said i think you are a monica and, and not a chandler but i oh do i am definitely not a monica <laughs> okay okay i'm a thousand percent not a monica <laughs> my room is could not you clean be more of a monica could i be more of this Love, love Matt, Maddie Perry. Yes. Oh, yes. Lovely father, John Bennett Perry, referred to him as in my presence. But anyway, sure. So, so let's just say, like, I just look into it a little bit, and it's like, no, it does not have, like, it goes back to the 60s, basically. And some of the, the concept of people trying to categorize people's personalities does have a longer history. Um, sure. The modern iteration of typing individuals, that is much more of a, of a modern invention. You know, before, I mean, you could look at things like, they would talk about the seven 
deadly sins and the seven cardinal virtues. Is that like comparable? I don't think so. I mean, but you could say, here's a numerical categorization of things. So I guess they're similar in that way. I'd say the more analogous thing perhaps would be the medieval humors. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of those things still survive, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, he's... Uh... Or under the, uh, certain stars or planets was another one. But the humors, for sure. Yeah. I think the, like, for instance, there's a still a word called Saturnine, which still exists. Mm-hmm. He's under the influence of Saturn. He's sort of moody and grumpy. Yeah, and fle- fle- phlegmatic. Phlegmatic. What's a phlegmatic person? I think also kind of grumpy okay. and mean. Yeah. Too much phlegm. We need to bleed that phlegm out. You have phlegm, you have black bile, yeah. green bile or yellow bile. Yellow and, bile. And blood. There's two biles. I don't know how bile got in there twice. Yeah, I don't know. And then and then red blood, you know. Right. And Which so, was probably was the easiest to let, <laughs> so probably everyone was too. You're, you're too bloody. So. <laughs> well, and it's the one you can see where it's like, oh, like they look really flush. So, you know, I mean, it's the most obvious one to see. But I'm open. But that did get into, I think, the Humeric is maybe the first spark of something that seems to be like physical health and kind of personality, temperament, disposition, whatever. Like, but we don't have like the four humors of personality going into it. So it's just strange. So it's basically like, sounds like some guy in the 60s basically came up with this based on his own sort of esoteric studies. Um, you know, it was kind of like new agey in, in, in that sense or whatever, but, uh, but then that was, that work was picked up by a couple of different guys who turned it into, in the seventies, eighties, into the Enneagram of personality. And so it's not, you know, it's not like new agey in the sense that these guys are like totally bought in on whatever that stuff is, but it's also, I think not clear that this is really just kind of for entertainment purposes only and don't take mm-hmm. this too seriously and if you find i mean i find exercises uh that are trying to lead you towards like self-understanding in general i think those are helpful like to just think about okay why do i react this way in certain situations or what's you know what's going on like why am i the way i am i think that's a generally a useful exercise and, and we couples in their relationship why do we interact with each other like the way that we interact with each other um, you know, what ways of thinking, what ways were we raised, kind of what are our goals or desires that are we're bringing to this that cause us to just interact with each other in certain ways, or even as our individual given kind of temperament, like just how we are in the world, how we've always sort of been. Understanding that, I think, can help people move throughout the world better. It can help people in their relationships. So tools that get you towards that, I think, are useful. Is the Enneagram one of those tools? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. 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 Uh, I'm not just a hater, you know, uh, but I'm not, I'm, I am not a believer either in the sense that I wouldn't say it's any more helpful than the Myers-Briggs, which okay. is, it's... Does that ask similar questions? It, it does. Well, and, and I, but I think Myers-Briggs is even getting at something which, and so I most, when it comes to like, kind of like, what's your personality type, which there is no such thing as a personality type. There are 7 billion people on the planet. Right. And how literally, how can you reduce people to nine types of people? That to me is just insane. Yes. Um, but there are, they've identified what the big five personality traits, um, which I'm more inclined to like be, look at favorably in that they place you on a spectrum in five different traits and don't try to type you as a person. 
Um, it's called Ocean. Generally, that's like the acronym in the in the literature. I am more familiar with it as Scope. That's another acronym. It's measuring basically like sociability. That's the old extroverted, introverted one, which all of us are on a spectrum of, you know, and it's just like, you mm-hmm. know, we, we know what that means. Doesn't mean that introverted people don't like relationships. It means like in big kind of social settings, like is that energizing or energy draining from you so where do you fall on that spectrum sociability the c in scope is change like openness to change and new experiences so like we can see people who are kind of love the routine versus people who love to to see and experience new things where are you on that spectrum o is organized basically and that doesn't mean like do you have a nice sock drawer or whatever but just you know do you kind of are you systematic in the way that you think about life and kind of pursue goals or are you just more like eh, what you know kind of whatever like you, you you don't think about the world that way p is pleasing that's basically like do you really kind of like try to get along with other people really well or are you not worried about what other people think about you if you're low on that you're more comfortable being a lone wolf and and the other one is emotionally steady which is just do you um what's your basically like stress threshold people who are very emotionally steady can be in a circumstance that to someone else would seem like just crazy out of control tons of stress they're cool as a cucumber in a bowl of hot sauce someone else it's like minor conflict or something like that can really throw them off and they feel it like deep deep down and they're low on emotional steadiness and so just understanding where you are on the they call that the big five personality traits they say those are true across culture and all that thing i'm not sure if that's true but it seems to get at some important aspects of personality which helps people understand themselves and then in the context of marriage counseling like their future spouse they 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 can understand each other in the relationship i've generally found that to be very very helpful because we're not putting like it's a piece of what we're talking about and we're not saying you're this type of person we're just saying like this generally seems to be where you fall and this will probably remain steady uh, mostly throughout the course of the rest of your life and, uh, yeah, like that's, that's what it is. It's a piece of information for you to have, um, for, for yourself, understanding yourself and to help your significant under, other understand you as well. See, I prefer to group people by old timey cliches. <laughs> You're a lonely cat lady. Okay. You're a grumpy old dude who yells at me when your ball goes over the fence, when the ball... You're a goth kid. I don't know. I just those you're are more. A, you're a good throwback. You're a Karen. You are a Karen. Okay, so there there's some usefulness to it. But here's my thought. Okay, uh, I think even the best of them is too uh, is reductive. Obviously, like you said, there's so, so many billions of types of people, and we're individuals. And I just find that I wonder after you take the test and get labeled. Is it a self-fulfilling prophecy? And is that a dangerous thing? I'm sure... Well, I read... And, our, and also, can it be used as an excuse? Oh. I can't help it. I'm a number seven on the Enneagram. I am a seven, Mike. Are you? Yeah, I am. That's crazy cat lady, right? <laughs> the, um, uh, uh, and so, like the... I read there was an article in Christianity Today where they talked about this. And it was a woman who's like, I think, a psychology professor at Baylor. And she was very gentle in being like... She just presented two examples of one where the like it was two couples using it as in the context of therapy. One, it was helpful. The other, the guy was like, "Oh, I'm a this now," and it and and then he looked at it and it was like, "May need to be like independent," and so he used that as a pretext to like leave his wife basically. (laughs) Wow. So and he literally said in the article, it's like. He said to his wife, "Like, well, if you want to blame something, blame the enneagram." Wow. So, like, I, 
so you go, okay, well, anyone could use anything for any bad purpose. You sure, know, sure, sure. Whatever. But she, so she's trying to contextualize it and to say, like, here's an instance where people found it helpful. Here's an instance where it was incredibly destructive. And where you get into it is, what, confirmation bias. It tells you who I am, so then you just sort of start seeing mm-hmm. all of these things everywhere, right? It's also stereotyping, so it, like, allow it replaces thought in that sense when you're stereotyping is you just go oh well yeah you're like this and so you're not actually seeing like the nuances that that make up um the individual so i and so you can kind of put people in a bucket and when you put people in a bucket i think that's always like a very um it's it's just not good it's yeah it's not good and so to say like yeah maybe you find the enneagram useful maybe you used it maybe you know you think what i'm saying is a, a bunch of bs i just think that as like a valid psycho psychological tool um i i don't see the evidence to support it and it doesn't have deep roots in the christian tradition which doesn't mean you ignore something but it's just like it 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 don't make that claim for it and i would say use other tools and treat it for largely like entertainment purposes right only okay. i mean that's what i see like like the strengths finder a lot of people have done that for work where it's supposed to tell you what are you good at and I think that is helpful. It's, it, it doesn't label me. It just says, hey, these are three things that you're good at or really interested in. And I found that help. I go, yeah, that does resonate with some things that I really like. It doesn't like – it doesn't define who you are as a person. They're like, oh, I'm an I'm a into intellection or you know, I'm a gatherer of information. That's not who I am. It's just something that I'm, something that I'm interested in. Um, and so I think those types of tools uh, – like, again, there's limitations to all of them. They can be useful insofar as they do lead to genuine self-reflection and self-understanding and are bad when they actually replace that. All right. So use with caution. Use with caution. I would say just use it all with use it all with caution. I mean, I like I like self-awareness. I like self-understanding. I like helping people do that um, in order to help them like be more of who God has created them to be. And Okay. You know, like better in feeling better and better in relationships. I think that that could be really helpful. Um, but with all things like limitation, I'll just use this as one aside, Mike, one last thing I have to say. All right. Cause I love, I mean, this even ties into like, uh, like, like therapy where it's like the to sh- Ted Lasso show, Apple TV. People love it. I love season one, season two. I'm having some problems with spoiler alert folks. Be- because t- so Ted has some, you know, he has some issues he needs to wrestle with and the way that they present, and there's a woman who they hire, the team hires as a therapist. They present her as like a magician where these people just go visit her and all of a sudden like their problems melt away and they're totally fixed and figured out. And I think the problem with that, not is that it promotes therapy because I think talk therapy, I've done it myself and uh, I think talk therapy can be really useful. But it presents it as like a magical thing that solves your problems. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things can be very useful. Um, but we should not place our all of our faith or all of our trust in them. Because when we do, they are going to be destructive. And I heard a definition once of an idol, uh, which was wonderful. I can't remember who said it, but they said an idol is when you take something good and remove one letter. Right? You yep. take something good and you make it God. Mm-hmm. And so don't do that with these things. Use them. Um, use them as, as they're supposed to be. These penultimate things. Um, that lead us hopefully to the ultimate. All right. All that being said, and that's good stuff, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to give the pastor 
a reductive uh, pop quiz about what kind of person he is. So that's <laughs> for entertainment purposes only, people. Entertainment purposes only. All right. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Pastor Dave here with my appeal. Now I know this episode, actually, probably though it's not, it, it may be one of the ones that, that, that hit on a, a hot topic for you because people who use these kind of tools, uh, it can be controversial to hear someone calling those into question. So I understand. I appreciate you for listening, all of you, um, when we kind of wade uh, in, into these waters. And, I, and I'm, I'm just trying to be um, thoughtful and, and honest and understanding uh, of other perspectives uh, while not also shying away from my own. And, and I hope that's one of the things that you're able to appreciate about, appreciate about this show is that you know, Mike and I have our, our way of seeing things. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we see them slightly uh, differently. As you heard, Mike's a lot uh, more uh, bearish on these instruments than I myself am. Um, but um, but I hope that in hearing these other perspectives, it, it helps you to to sharpen and to examine your own. And, and I know that happens for me in um, in my own life, in in the things that I hear um, and and read. And so hopefully we're one of those things. Hopefully we're part of a healthy. Um, a healthy media diet for you, much like a breakfast bar from Aldi. Extremely, extremely healthy. And so, yeah, no, we are, um, yeah, we're appreciative. So rate us, review us, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, sorry, Spotify, and we will see you on the other side of this break. Okay, we're back. It was exhausting, but we're back. Uh, wasn't exhausting at all. Oh I don't know why I said that. Oh my gosh. I don't know. All right. So you, this this is being revealed live on the air. To me. To you. We're going to be taking a, oh, couldn't be more of the moment pop culture quiz. Oh. We've done a few of these before, but I think we found out which Sex and the City character we were and perhaps oh. which friends we were. But If someone could confirm for us the friends one, because if not, we will be doing which friends which character are you very We know it's a Sex and the City. Pretty sure we took I, that I, one. I am a, I'm not a Miranda. I think the worst one would be a Miranda, right? I don't. <laughs> She's the lawyer. Are you trying to trick head? me into claiming I know which character is which? I have no idea. I'm a Charlotte. I hope I'm a Charlotte. I hope so Somewhat too. dim-witted and naive. Well, someone can tell us which character. I think you took the test. I before. did. Sure. Uh, all right. Pro- or maybe prob- I took it. I don't, I think you, I might have You're a carry. Oh, you right. For- I don't know what Oh my god! Do you, would you like to know what yes, you're please. going to be Tell first, or would you like to like take the quiz and then find out what you are? I want to take the quiz for and then then find out what you are. You yeah. want it to be a total surprise? Yeah, I do. Okay, because we got to keep the people listening. All right, here we go. This is uh, all I will say again. Pop culture of the moment could not be more. Could not be more of the moment. Question: mm-hmm. What's your biggest flaw? Are you a perfectionist, being a loner, multitasking, or is it ego? My biggest flaw would probably be multitasking. I'm not, like, I tend to, like, pick up pick up things and put okay. them down quite a bit. All right. Uh, how would you best describe your ability to work with others? On my own, it's all about me. Number two, team motivator. Effective on my own and in a team or best as a mentor. I think I'm effective on my own and part of a team. Kind of my in my job, I do a lot of both. You know, I have a lot of time studying, but then I got my team, my peeps. Okay. 
It's looking bad, and the enemy is gaining quick. What do you do? Plan the battle and lead the team. Rally the, rally the enemy? Lead them into a trap. Oh, there we go. Direct the fight away from civilians. Rally the team. Let's fight. I'm, I'm going to direct them away from civilians. Okay. I'm worried about the civilians. Okay. All right. Question. What motivates you most? Make up for the past, peacekeeping, the fight, or to cure? Some people have probably already guessed to what this cure? quiz is about. What motivates me most? What are my options again? Make up for the past, peacekeeping, to cure, the fight. To cure. Oh, that's lovely. Okay, what skill do you most value that separates you from others? Would that be experience, leadership, perseverance, or intelligence? Perseverance. Okay. This is not a long quiz. Um, what, what height is most suited to you? <laughs> what the? Six, four, six, three, or six, five. There's two six fours. <laughs> what in the world? Mike, this might not be the most on the level quiz. Well, I, I'm almost six, three in real life. So let's say six, three. Okay. What did you play with when you were younger? A chemistry set, a spy set, board mm. games, or computers? Computers. Okay. Uh, what is your best feature? My mind, mm. my compassion, my wit, my self-control. My wit. Okay. Which weapon would you like most? A team, a super suit, a bow and arrow, or a shield? I'm going to say super suit. Okay. I, right. I might think I'm catching on. I might be catching on. What's your favorite Olympic sport? Would that be archery, gymnastics, the hammer, or weightlifting. Those are all terrible options, but of those, which one would I actually watch? Gymnastics. Okay. I would not watch any of those other ones. The hammer. We're getting to the end here. Describe your personal style. Loose-fitting and ragged, like one of the counting crows. <laughs> Combat ready, uniform, or efficient and practical? Efficient and practical. Really? Yeah. What, yes. all right. what would you What's say? your favorite class in school? P.E.? Politics? Physics or astronomy? I'd probably say, of those options, none of them were my, like, two of them were not in my school, but one of them wasn't. I'll, I'll say, I'll say politics. I'd probably like a poli-sci class. Okay, almost done. What are you, oh, sorry, where are you on a general Saturday night? Is okay. that the way you describe general? Typical, like a typical? typical? Yeah, uh, a general Saturday night. As the French say, d'habitude. Shooting range, in the gym, working late, or doing homework? I probably, you know, on a, set, on a typical Saturday night, I am working late. I'm sitting down with my sermon. So, yeah. Working late. I think this is your final one. What would you best describe? Mike, you really struggle this with is, the writing. <laughs> no, the, these are so poorly. How would you best describe your personality? I wish I could show you the font, though. It's very, very tough to read. Uh, how would you best describe your personality? Would that be calculated, split, lone wolf, or patriotic? <laughs> Excuse me, what? Can you come again? Calculated, split, so a split personality, a patriotic personality, <laughs> or a lone wolf personality? What is a patriotic personality? I don't look. I, I, I can't, calculating, because that's the only one that doesn't just... Here we go. Oh, they give it to you in percentages. Oh. 
oh my gosh, by far you are a Black Widow. Oh! Of the Avengers, okay. you are Black Widow. Okay, like what percent? 30% Black Widow. What's my other? <laughs> uh, you are 21% Nick Fury. Who's Nick Fury? A Samuel L. Jackson? Does that help? No. I'm seeing the pictures here. You are 14% Iron Man. Okay. 14% Hawkeye, universally thought of as the lamest, right? Okay. Uh, the Hulk, you are 14%. You are not a Thor at all. Ooh, zero Thor. You are a, a 7% Captain America, so you are not patriotic. You don't care about this country. <laughs> you wish death on us all. Uh, Nick Fury, what's his deal? Uh, well, he, he was played by, Yeah, he does have an eye patch. He was played by Samuel Jackson. Uh, he is in she- he is in Shield. Um, yeah. Uh, what? what? I, don't, I don't know anything about him. Okay. Oh. Oh, abilities, leadership, genius level strategist. Right. Oh, here's the. In- there's a little okay. description here okay, yeah. about you being a Black Widow, fiercely independent. Okay. Your intelligence can come across as intimidating at oh, times. That's true. So true. However, you are equipped with the tools to forge your own way in this world and don't really care what people think of you. I am such a black widow. You're such a black widow. That is nailed. What you. about Nick Fury, though? Tell me my Nick Fury, because that's number two. That, well, that was... I, I guess if I click on him. Oh, Nick Fury is now disavowed and living in hiding. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nevertheless, Fury continues to be an important mentor and leader for our team of heroes. So I guess it doesn't give you oh, the okay. traits if you're not. That was very jarring. <laughs> Let's see. You are 0% Thor. More uh, brash and powerful than ever, Thor serves as the moral compass for the team and continues his personal quest to finding it. This, this, this stuff is all garbage. Garbage. Uh, all right. Well. So I'm okay. a Black Widow, folks. Okay, Black Widow. Uh, any final words? Yeah, please, someone tell us if we did the Friends quiz. <laughs> Okay. We'd really appreciate that because if not, I, I, I will give it to Mike. Okay. That's the deal. If right. we have the friends quiz, I will give Mike the friends quiz. And everyone guess what I am before we do, and then we'll see if you're right. That would be very, very helpful. He's, you're definitely a Ross. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, there could not what? be a greater insult. Oh, no, Ross, no. All right. This has been uh, Like Trees Walking. We got to go. I'm Michael J. Nelson. I'm David Berry. Uh, and otherwise known as Black Widow. So long. Bye. Bye.